The views and opinions expressed in the Distracted Librarians podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Bloomfield Township, Bloomfield Township Public Library, Bloomfield Community Television, the Birmingham Area Cable Board, or its producers or production staff. Hello and welcome. We're the Distracted Librarians, your friendly neighborhood bookworms who can't resist the siren call of movies, video games, music, and everything else in the pop culture universe. Think of this podcast as a, as a digital campfire where we share our latest obsessions, analyze the hidden depths of our favorite distractions, and maybe rediscover the joy of reading in between. So, if you're a fellow media junkie, a book lover, or someone looking for a fun, engaging escape from your daily grind, you've come to the right place. Sit back, relax, and prepare to get delightfully distracted with us. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is The Distracted Librarians, and we are from the Bloomfield Township Public Library. My name is Nicole Gillies. My name is Emily Benoit. My name is Killian Weston. And I'm Drew Heuser. And we are here, we're just going to talk a little bit about why we chose the name Distracted Librarians. So when we're all talking about library service and, and what we went into this field to do, um, everybody thinks about like, oh, librarians read books or librarians, you know, make book recommendations and all of that. And that's true. Um, but we are interested in and focused on, and our patrons are too, all kinds of um, media, movies, shows, podcasts, video games, pop culture, music, a little bit of everything. Yeah, so we're going to use this podcast to share with you the kind of conversations that we sometimes have in our back rooms uh, or sometimes when we meet out in the real world, mm -hmm. um, things that we focus on, things that we like, and ultimately the things that distract us the most. And also just share a little bit about what goes on in the library outside of books because there's so many things that people don't realize we have. We had bugs in the library last weekend. We did. We did have <laughs> bugs in the library. I'm so sad I missed the bugs in the library. That would have been really cool. I Absolutely. Thought, I was thinking about you. I thought that was like, <laughs> really like that. <laughs> it was really good. All right. Okay, well, let's go ahead and start with just some brief introductions. Um, so we're going to start with what is your history with the library? Go ahead, Drew. Yeah. So I started with the library coming up on 11 years ago. Um, I got hired in in the youth room as the clerical assistant. Um, it was a really, really cool time in there. I had finished my um, undergrad at Central Michigan uh, with a general English degree. Found out, much like the Avenue Q song, you cannot do anything with a BA in English. So that's I was working. That's hurtful. <laughs> Too. But it's true. <laughs> yes. So I was working at Target for a few years and decided that I you know, needed to go to the next step, but didn't want to pay for any sort of grad school without knowing I'd like that job. Mm -hmm. um, so I was doing small jobs in semi-related fields and, you know, a little 10 hour a week position at the library suited me just fine. I could keep my main job. Um, I got in there and within four weeks decided it was, you know, the place I wanted to be and put it in my application for grad school and, and never looked back. Amazing. Uh, since then I've been a, an adult media intern and now into a full-time librarian. Um, I've been in this role for about eight years slash one year, depending on when part-time versus full-time happened. Um, yeah, loving every minute of it. Cool. Uh, Killian, what's your history? So I did not start at Bloomfield Township. I started as a librarian 
at a different um, library in the area as a teen librarian part-time and then picked up a second part-time job at Bloomfield in the youth department. And a year and a few months later, um, full-time job opened up and I applied and I've been there ever since. So we're coming up on eight years now overall, which is wild. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> when you think about it that way. Jeez. Emily. Um, well, I'm an adult services librarian, um, and I started working, um, I, I've had library experience at some academic and some public libraries too, um, and I started working at um, Bloomfield Township Public Library as an intern uh, the summer of 2019. I was halfway through my master's program at Wayne State, and um, and I was working, where else was I at the time? I think I'd had, I was working in an archive and then at a, um, an academic library too at the time. And so I was, same thing as you, Drew, kind of combining a couple of different things. Um, and then I graduated from Wayne State in 2020, um, in April 2020, at the beginning of everything. Um, so and I, I continued um, working at the library up through, uh, through that time um, and then became a part-time librarian in 2021. Um, the summer of 2021. So I was two years as an intern, and now just um, like two and a half years now as a as a librarian. Um, so, which is I feel like the newbie, um, <laughs> I've, but I've had like half the time as an intern, half the time as a librarian. So it's been it's been really good. Um, a lot of that internship experience really built what I'm able to do now. So, yeah. all right. Well, I have worked in libraries for a very 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 long time. <laughs> It goes all the way back to elementary school. I used to volunteer in the library in elementary school. I volunteered in middle school. And then I started actually working in libraries in high school. Um, there was a librarian there who had told me, you would make such a great librarian. And I was like, no way. I'm too cool to be a librarian. <laughs> That's exactly what I said to her. And I don't think she appreciated it very much. But you know, after. Um, getting a bachelor's degree in fine art. I was like, what am I actually going to do yeah. for money? Because mm -hmm. an artist is fine and, and good and all, but what can I do for money? I'm like, well, I think I'll actually be a librarian. So I went to Wayne State for my graduate degree, uh, got back into the libraries. I worked two part-time jobs for a very long time, including one of those being at Bloomfield. So I worked at Bloomfield part-time for four and a half years as uh, I was an assistant to the financial coordinator for a little while and then the media intern, rest in peace, because the media desk doesn't exist at the library yes, anymore. That's right. Um, and then I left for a full-time job elsewhere. Um, but I have been back in my position as a youth services librarian. Um, it's been almost five years, so. I feel like the odd one out who hasn't been an intern. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Well, being an intern was really fun. Oh, that media desk was where it was at. Oh, yeah. See, I feel bummed out because people would come up and ask me about the media desk. And I'm like, what is that? I, because it was just gone before mm -hmm. I was here. Okay. Um, so I, I missed the glory of the media desk. And I've heard many wonderful things about it. Well, it was like its own little island yeah. in the world. Yeah, like over where the, where the commons is now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so like I was a youth services media intern, mm -hmm. but I so rarely ever did anything with youth services, except, you know, my boss would come over and say, can you make a display for us? And then I would come over into the room and do that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. for the most part, I wasn't youth services at all. I was just 
sequestered away at that that desk over there. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of ways, I think your intern experience was better because you got to like be a librarian in Mm. all but name and, you know, do the programming. They gave you a collection, all of that. Um, but the media desk was so cool to get the sense of like autonomy Mm -hmm. and, you know, managing your own Mm -hmm. schedule and role in the library. Yeah. I think, I think for me, the the way that my internship was was really really great in getting acclimated right from the jump into the department and into public service and all of that because I'd done that in other positions but it's very different being a part of this team and mm-hmm. immediately getting that that opportunity to jump right in and be a part of that and not be relegated to like okay well you're gonna work on this you know blah 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 mm-hmm. but not be on the desk yet or whatever I really got to start and I'm really appreciative of that. I think that got me much more comfortable, much more quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so. mean, every library environment is so completely different. Yes. It's yep. so completely different. Yeah. The patrons are different. The community is different. Mm-hmm. Um, the needs of the community is different. And then, of course, staff is going to be completely different, too. Right. Right. So going from one li- library to another library, it's like you have to figure out how to be a librarian again in some way, you know, because yeah. you have to suit that community or that, you know, yeah. that need. I've, so. I've found that to be the case in my own experience, too. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. All right. Well, should we move on? Sure. All right. So what media are you currently streaming or are interested in? Go ahead, Drew. Um, I am very much a reality TV junkie. <laughs> so I will always have my fresh opinions on, you know, Survivor, Great British Baking Show, Taskmaster, um, any of those that I, I don't tend to watch like new shows all that frequently. Right. Um, unless they are, unless they're reality TV where I like need to avoid spoilers or anything. Sure. Other than that, I very much sunk into the whole binge watching culture mm-hmm. and 22 episodes a year waiting from September to May just doesn't feel real to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that's very much where my, my heart is when I'm at home. Okay, so are you the type of person that will wait until the season is completely finished so that you can watch it all at once? Oh, I'll wait until the series is finished. Oh, the series is finished. Because oh. I do not trust them to cancel it and to not cancel it in between. Oh, wow. And I fully accept that that makes me part of the problem because I am a, fasc- <laughs> I am a fascinated viewer that doesn't add to their numbers. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. But... I've been burned too many times. It's true. <laughs> Absolutely. It's true. You're so invested in a show, and yeah. next thing you know, it's gone, and they didn't even finish the story. Right. Yeah. They want to end their season on a cliffhanger to build up hype for the next mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. and then that hype doesn't exist to the level that they want it to, yeah. and it's just gone, and then what? I've given my heart to some... No. To nothing. <laughs> well, now some, you can't even like pull it back up and rewatch what exists because they're pulling them off the platform so oh, quickly. Oh, that's true, yeah. too. Well, yeah, you're um, Pink Ladies. Yes. Rest in peace, Grace. Rise of Pink Ladies. Um, I... That's such a good show. And it's just gone. It just, it's just gone. <laughs> All right, Killian, what are you currently streaming or interested in? So... When it comes to streaming stuff for me, I have so many streaming services that I just don't use anymore. Um, I'm never home. But when I am watching something at home, I have become very much a YouTube person. And then um, there's there's one streaming service that I still watch consistently, and that's um, Dropout TV. 
They have a bunch of D&D actual plays and other TTRPG systems as well, game shows, and it's all nerd culture based, so it's all very niche interest for me. And it's YouTube or that at this point. Yeah. So nice. Emily? I am also a huge YouTube streaming person. Um, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I don't watch too many shows um, for the exact reasons that you stated, mm-hmm. Drew, because I'm like, I can't get my heart broken like this. Um, but so I, but because of spooky season and all things oh, Halloween, yes. um, I've been making a list of, I'm a big horror movie buff anyway, but Same. especially in October. So I'm, I've been going to Canopy lately and being like, okay, what's on Canopy that I can watch to get on my like horror flick fix so i've been watching like um or at my I have my watch list of like let the right one in it comes at night suspiria the original suspiria mm-hmm. um all of those like ones that you wouldn't find maybe some well i guess you could find them other places but it's all the niche cool a24 style um are all kind of right there in canopy so i've just been like going through my watch list and picking things out so nice so check out canopy yeah we're gonna air this down <laughs> plug, the road and plug. halloween's gonna be so like, <laughs> i know yeah i know i, I know right? october <laughs> earlier and i was like I oh, yeah <laughs> too late <laughs> yes. just so everybody knows we're actually recording this in october so okay. yeah <laughs> sorry anyway i will say we are very different halloween viewers because my halloween <laughs> Halloween marathon consists of Practical Magic, Halloween Town, Hocus Pocus, and Over the Garden Wall. So here with that. <laughs> yeah. My I, horror is not in my heart. <laughs> oh, I think I think since like 2020, uh, I think I've watched over 90 horror films. That's amazing. Yeah, we just I like love. watched Pontypool um, was the one of the best ones that I've seen recently. Like Pontypool, um, As Above, So Below, like all of those, like very, you know. So you and I are polar opposites with like. I like horror books sometimes. But I the, love horror books. No, the movies. Mm-mm. Yes. Yeah. Both. All. <laughs> we were just up north uh, over the weekend, and my parents had this box set of, uh, like, really old horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I put on The Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. but, like, the original one yes. with Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. And my kids were just, like, you know, they're, like, playing and not paying attention. I have a six- and seven-year-old. And... Every once in a while, they would look over and they'd be like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? And yeah. I'm like, this is really actually not terrifying because it's not gory. Like, no. like what you would think of the movies now, yeah. especially Haunting of Hill House or whatever, they tend to be gory. Mm-hmm. But I was like perfectly fine putting it on while my kids were there because I'm yeah. like, this is a different type of scary, like where there's, yes. you know, jump scares and stuff like that. It's yeah. not just yeah. gore and grossness and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, they ended up liking it, even though the ending, <laughs> by the way, the original ending is very abrupt and strange but other than that good stuff yes what about you for streaming okay um i don't have a ton of time to myself as i said i have two small children so it's basically the moment that they go to sleep until the time i go to sleep which is not a very large amount of time for streaming um so i've just been catching up on the latest season of glow up and my husband and I watch a lot of wrestling, so mm. all the All Elite Wrestling uh, shows, which I think there are like three or four a week now, yeah. we catch up on those pretty regularly. So I'm the wrestling gal. <laughs> all right. So what is your favorite or least favorite genre, Drew? Um, I tend to stick with queer literature. Um, I say literature like it's like it's highbrow. Um, I... <laughs> literature. <laughs> But I'm mostly in the like 
fantasy romance young adult areas um contemporary queer lit has been exploding in the last it really has probably six or seven years um and i have desperately tried to stay as on top of that as i possibly could um it's occasionally gone very well Mm -hmm. um i feel like i am constantly on catch-up from books that came out three years ago that i bought the day they came out because i was so excited and still haven't gotten to your Um, your goods your goodreads reviews are a thing unto themselves and i look forward to them (laughs) we're very different goodreads users because drew writes these amazing reviews and i give it stars and occasionally i'm just like quick blurb of thoughts that I have about it. Some of my Goodreads reviews are just like, I don't know what I just read. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> usually just I'm, like, I'm like, two stars. Done. Like, yeah, I don't like, want to be, I don't want to feel pressured to write anything about it. I have my feelings and that's enough. <laughs> I don't want to argue with someone else. Like, oh, like, no. Well, I really, it's like, no, you're mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, you know, but. I figure I'm not popular enough to argue with, but I really <laughs> forget things as soon as I read them and just like retain the vibes. That's true. So I like having a record of what I like actually thought of characters. That's a good, that's a really good that's point. probably a good call. Your ability to reread things so soon after you've read them the first time is completely wild to me. <laughs> because I'll reread it like four days later. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Oh my goodness. You must really like it. I don't even no. know if I've ever liked anything that much to do that. <laughs> All right. I, oh, wait, wait. What's your least favorite job? Oh, God. Um, I hate to paint with such a broad brush, but I just don't get into nonfiction. I can't do it. There have been a few that are, like, really, really interesting stories. Um, and I'm, I've gotten a lot better with memoirs in the last few years. But just in general, it's just... I don't want to bash on people's lives and say they're not exciting enough for me, <laughs> but their lives are not exciting enough for me. <laughs> no, I get it. It's not like all different things for different people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Killing it. I hate being asked my favorite book and I'm a librarian. So, you know, it happens all the time. All the time. Um, I am such a mood reader, so I can't be like, this is my favorite book. This is my favorite anything. Yeah. Um, because, I am a mood everything. I'm a mood watcher, mood reader, everything. Um, fantasy is generally up there, but there are also times where I simply cannot read a fantasy book to save my life. Um, and like for least favorite, I would have said horror once upon a time, but I've started reading some and now I'm just like, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. This is kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just firmly in the, was it assigned reading in high school or college? Then I don't like it. So if it's something you would have read in like your high school English class, mm-hmm. um, especially before they started getting a little bit more expansive with things that they assign in high school English classes, yeah. I probably don't like it. <laughs> <clears throat> it's interesting you say that because my I really love the classics, <laughs> and if it's a if it's something that you would have been assigned in high school, I probably would read it. <laughs> um, and I don't know why I think that there's, it might be some escapism on my part. And this is also like not to paint with a broad brush, but it's, it's interesting to be, to go back and immerse yourself in something that's very beyond your time period now. So like if you, if I'll, you know, read something from like, you know, 18th century, 19th century, I can kind of get out of the 21st. Um, 
which is interesting. It's not always cool, um, but it's not always cool anywhere at any time, you know, in any place. Yep. Sure. Again, broad brush, but um, it's it, it gives me kind of a cozy feeling of when I when I really started getting into reading and literature and digging into it more and, and that it, it gives me like a, a very nostalgic vibe. I had some really, really great teachers growing up um, who really engendered that fascination in me. So it, it kind of brings me back to that time. Um, I really like horror as well. Um, I like true crime a lot. Um, I'm kind of with you. Like I have to be very interested in a particular topic to kind of delve into nonfiction. Um, but true crime is interesting. I also really like Westerns. Nice. <laughs> My That's grandma- the man's version of a romance. By the <laughs> yes. <way. laughs> You're right. Yeah. Like, um, Louis L'Amour, Larry McMurtry, like mm-hmm. and it's the, my grandmother liked a lot of Westerns too. Um, least favorite genres. Like I don't really like romance. Um, I, I, I struggle with sci-fi only because I get very lost in like detail heavy, mm-hmm. um, uh, narrative. So I'm like, it makes me feel dumb. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't understand this. I don't want to read it, <laughs> but you know, it's, and I also, I don't really gravitate towards YA very much. I haven't read something that really captivated me in a while. So I feel very out of touch with that genre. So not that I don't like it necessarily, but I, I feel sort of separated from it. Well, it's interesting you bring up sci-fi because when I was like thinking this through, like what is my least favorite genre that kind of popped up because it's not one I read often. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no, I do like sci-fi, I do too. but it's especially just... lately what you said, it makes right. me feel dumb because I'm just sitting here going, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have such a hard time with it. The last sci-fi um, novel that I really read that I really, really got into was Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. Um, it's just like, I don't know. And that's a very divided. Some people really love it. Some people really hated it. It's just, I just, cause it was a, I think it, because it was a more basic, not basic, but just, it was a simpler concept. Like we're going to explore this weird thing. Yeah. And like, that's about the level of comprehension sure. that I can like, <laughs> get on the onset. Well, I mean, there are very few books that I've picked up three or four times and had to like put it back, like keep, have to keep putting it back down. Yes. And science fiction tends to be that thing for me Yeah, me too. where I'm like, why am I struggling so much with this? I should enjoy it. I like science. I mean, and mm-hmm. I totally love all of the otherworldly mm-hmm. alien, all, oh, all that stuff I'm yes. totally into. But for me, it was Dune. Oh, and it just yes. killed me because so many people were like, that's my favorite book of all time. I, I love I this have book. Been, I have been told so many times, like, oh, you have to read Dune. You have to, be, you have to read Dune. And for the same reason, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, I, I, I am intimidated by Dune. It, it took me four times. And then I found a complete full cast audiobook version of it, and it changed the game for me. And I was like, oh, now I get why this is such a loved thing. So sometimes it's just the format, right? Yes. Because sitting there, oh, my God, if I had to look at the words on that page one more time, I was just going to throw it out the I window. Did, I did, had enough. I did that last summer with Dracula. Oh, really? Yes. And I was, I had a, there was a full cast audiobook of Dracula, and there was really, really, as there is, you know, Michigan summer construction <laughs> when, you're, when you're stuck in construction and I'm like, well, this is terrible. What am I going to do? I know I'll listen to Dracula. And it was like, I'm at work already. Like it just, it was, it's captivating, totally changed. Yeah. That. And I had no interest in, in sure. reading Dracula like on page. Okay. But it was fascinating. Yeah. Full cast audio is a game changer. It, it totally is. is. It totally is. I love audiobooks as a whole, but Same. when it is a full cast, yeah. it is 
Mm -hmm. Even if it's not like going to be my favorite book ever, it's automatically better than it would have been in a single narrator or reading the book because it just pulls you in more. Yeah. I think just audiobooks for like thick, thick books is also a good call because that's Mm -hmm. how I got through the first four Game of Thrones books. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but Gone with the Wind. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What about your favorites, Elise Service, Nicole? Um, my favorite genre is horror, of course. Yeah, right, let's do it. Horror on the side of the table. <laughs> yep. Um, but especially with like a dash of paranormal, mm-hmm. like you know, enter Stephen King here. Kind I was going to say Heart Shaped Box or Joe, Joe Hill. Hill. Yeah, Neil Gaiman, all yep. of those guys. They do such a wonderful job um, making something totally terrifying and mm-hmm. strange. Yeah, which is uh, it's just a plus for me. Yeah. Um. Things I don't like, again, I'm going to go back to romance, mm-hmm. especially if it's like, sorry, but normal people romance, <laughs> like just regular people, like boring people yes. meet at the grocery store, like shopping for <laughs> lettuce. I'm not going to, probably not going to be into that. But if there's werewolves and vampires, I'm totally all for totally, it. Like, yes. So anyway, <laughs> just yeah. got to have a little bit more excitement involved. lettuce. <laughs> I fell in love with a ghost. Like, that's relatable content. Like, that's relatable for my life. Absolutely. Yes. Totally. All about that. Okay. So let's uh, go ahead and share an outside, non bookish interest or hobby. Yeah. Um, I am very, very into like going to live performances of things. I go, I have season tickets to the Fisher that I've had for the last eight or nine years. Having season tickets to the Fisher makes you just automatically sound cool. I know, right? We're like, just so cool, Drew. That's why I got them. It's like, oh, wow, okay, season tickets. To Granted, the I got mine because Drew had them. Oh, I was like, cool. oh, I want these. You're cool, too, now, then. Like, no, when I was, like, nine, my grandma took my, my whole family to see The Lion King at the Princess of Wales Theater in Toronto. Oh. And... The the animals came down the aisles and I freaked out. Yeah. It was the coolest experience ever. And I decided right then and there that whenever I was an adult and had money, this is what I was going to spend it on. Yeah. And then I became a librarian and I don't have money, but I spend <laughs> it anyway. We do our best. It's uh, some things you have to push up to the top of the list. Yes. It's yeah. A, Priorities. Yeah, totally. Yep. And that's always been mine. Well, I'll, I'll try and go to at least one, you know, live theater performance or band or something a month nice. at least. Nice. It's easy to do with <laughs> the Fisher tickets. Yeah. So I, everything that I'm interested in has to do with stories in some way, shape or form. I can literally tie everything back to it. Um, I tend to not have a ton of free time for hobbies because I do also coach high school color guard and winter guard outside of working at the library. And that rehearsal schedule is just a lot. Yeah, it's pretty grueling. But it's also one I like working with the the middle school and high school kids. It's a lot of fun um and I'm good at it and we have a good time. Um but with color and especially in the winter when it's I work with just my students just on that skill um and putting together a show that's for us being able to use that to tell a story to create a vibe, whatever, um, that not only we as a staff buy into, but like getting the kids to buy into it and really come out as performers with that and bring it to life is really, really cool. So it's definitely worth all of that extra time. Um, but yeah, I also like video games and Dungeons and Dragons and I'm just a nerd. It's fine. (laughs) 
I've been. Um, I was. I was like this as a kid, and now I'm doing. I'm getting back into it as an adult. I'm really. I've been really enjoying learning more about like animals and plants and and. And we have a garden at home, and and so it's. I go outside, and I'll be like, "What bugs can I look for? Like, what things are out here?" And so I'll like, I have a couple apps on my phone for like bird identification. So I'll be like holding my phone up in the air, like, "What bird is this?" Um, and so, <laughs> did you intend to sound like the Back to the Future guy when you said that? No, but it's just like, no. There was one time I was with a friend, and I was like, "Wait, there's a bird. We have to find out." And I'm like running towards a tree with my phone out, like just very like a weird avian paparazzi like it just like, <laughs> so the birds are like oh no here she comes again bizarre, no. <laughs> um no so birds and bugs and and just the outside because we spent i spend so much time in front of a computer mm-hmm. you know yeah. um and so it's nice to be like oh there's like all the little people out in the world the birds and the bugs we had a carolina run outside um really really beautiful um singing this spring and summer. And then the coolest bug I saw this year was an, um, not a, I shouldn't just say bug, but bug, um, <laughs> was a um, hummingbird hawk moth. Yes. Right? They're very cool. Yes. I've yeah. raised hummingbird clear wings. <gasps> you have? Yeah. Which I guess I can talk a little bit about my hobby. Yeah. yeah. Um, I raise moths and butterflies in the warmer months. Um, so I have a huge butterfly garden in my front yard. Same thing. I'm oh, out yeah. there poking around doing all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was not a gardener, but I became a gardener because I have to feed my bugs. There so, you go. Yeah. Yep. So um, I raised cecropia moths. I raised black black swallowtails, mm-hmm. uh, giant swallowtails, any moth I can get my hands on because there's an underground like moth and butterfly group in Michigan where like really? you share eggs with each how other. How do you become part and, of like, it? Do you, how, do you have to? I can like... hook you up. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's Facebook groups and all that kinds is. of good stuff. <laughs> Great. Nicole yeah. is our resident supplier of black swallowtails for the youth department in yes. the summer. So. Yes. That's fun. Yeah. So I'm the bug lady. <laughs> Do we want to continue on? Sure. All right. Yeah. So um, our next question is, what is your dream book-related trip or travel destination? Go ahead, Drew. Uh, Portland, Oregon for Powell's Books. Nice. I have a fantasy of getting so lost in that place that I have to call the welcome desk of <laughs> whatever their business is and get like guided directions out. That's how you know you've made it. Yes. That would absolutely happen to me. I can't find my way around anywhere. <laughs> but it, it just seems like this really, really cool place to spend like days and hundreds. And I, I need it in my life at some point. Nice. Um, I have family in Oregon. Oh, so okay. I should be, I should have done this like four times already. And instead I go to New York for Broadway shows on vacations, <laughs> but we're here now. <laughs> I'm kind of along the same vein. I don't necessarily have a specific location. I just, anywhere I go, it's indie bookstores, libraries. What, what unique things do they have? What, um, cause indie bookstores have such great personality. Um, each store is different. They tend to be a little bit more niche in what they stock, depending mm-hmm. on where you are. There are some bigger ones that have everything, but um, I really love the small indie bookstores. So that's been a thing. Like Ever since I ended up on TikTok in 2020, <laughs> I follow so many indie bookstores just because 
you see their personalities as the store owners and then how that folds into what they have. And I'm just like, I just want to go all of them. I want to see all of them in real life. Shout out Betty's pages. Absolutely. (laughs) They just moved. I know. I think mine is a little bit more abstract, but um, when I was reading, this was a while ago, when I was reading Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Oh, God. um, Uh, Almost all of your answers have been my answer. (laughs) (laughs) I need to sit on the other side of the table or something. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Are you talking about the house on the rock? Um, Lakeside. Okay. All right. Then continue. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Spoiler the Nicole's answer. (laughs) Get off my paper. (laughs) Just copying your answer. Um, No, I. I now there's been like fan theories and stuff, and I've just I was reading someone wrote an academic paper about Lakeside is in Wisconsin, and here's how we know. Of like, course they I'm did. Like, wow. Okay. Like, all right. It's in Wisconsin. Sure. Of course um, it's in Wisconsin. He lived in Wisconsin. Right. Exactly. But when I was when I was reading it the first time, I was like, this reminds me of like. The, my place up north. Oh man, like this is so. It's like it's like Michigan because the Midwest is all kind of the yeah. Midwest. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so I was like, this is so Midwestern. It just like speaks to me. Um, so whenever I think about like book type, you know, like where would I want to go or where would I want to be? It's just like I, I I struggle with getting outside of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Not like I wouldn't. Not, it's not like there are not places I'd like to see, but going on vacation or going going somewhere away always is Midwestern up north to me. So either whether that's like up north to like my place up north or like the UP, which I've never been to the UP yet or oh, somewhere yeah, else. Girl. Like yeah, so it's cool. like somewhere lakeside esque. Nice. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well. I'm talking about Neil Gaiman. Here yeah, we go. I was going to say, and now for the for so round two. I, um, American Gods is one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. And in that book, there's like this, like almost the entire end scene is at the House on the oh, Rock, yeah. which is in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And it's like the sprawling place. I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of it before? Mm-hmm. So the the person who had had the House on the Rock was just collecting tons and tons and tons of things. It has the world's largest indoor carousel. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of the actual animals are horses. They're all I different don't things. Think they were. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all different, different mythical creatures, all different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. They have like a full-size fig like figure like a model of a blue whale inside of the building mm-hmm. and there's like city streets and all kinds of absolutely bizarre animatonic creations and clockwork things and it just goes on and on and you could spend basically days there so nice. i would like to go there because I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. It sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. I have no context for yeah. it, but it sounds cool. No, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't even really describe it properly. It's <laughs> no, just, it's, it's, wild. it's like yeah. the most bizarre place on earth. We'll just put it that way. I yeah. did in theory read American Gods, but it's all gone now. Yeah. <laughs> I have not. It's on the list. It's just a really long list. Yeah. Yes. And it's oh, a very sure. long book. It is. So. And it's very, there's a lot going on mm-hmm. yeah. in that book. It's not a simple read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that that covers everything for today's introduction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And thank you for tuning in. We hope that you'll tune in next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Distracted Librarians. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us at distracted at btpl.org. Until then, keep those pages turning and those screens lighting up. 
We'll catch you in the next episode.